Welcome to Get Real with Richard Walter. My, uh, over my career teaching and just over my experience thinking about, about narrative expression, uh, screenwriting is what, what we're really talking about. I've, I've come to believe that the, uh, counterintuitively, uh, there are two principles that I uh, apply uh, um, undergirding all all others. <laughs> I say counterintuitive because they they would seem to be the opposite of what would make make sense. And you hear you hear them recommended in almost any category. Never you know of of uh, you know professional endeavor, whether it's selling real estate or succeeding, even even. Social enterprises like your 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 love life, how to how to improve your love life, uh, how to sell architect, uh, uh, real estate. Um, no matter what it is, they, uh, people will tell you two two particular principles. They do make sense. Uh, one is you got you got especially if you want to succeed in in something competitive like, like let's say writing for the screen. What's more competitive than that? First of all, you got to get over guilt, and you know you got to you got to you got to get over feeling guilty uh, about wanting uh, great success and um, uh, uh, expecting that you can you know make a living uh, uh, by dreaming, uh, you know, and, and telling your dreams to people. I mean, it's pretty pretty crazy. Imagine expecting a family to count on that. To support, to support it, it's it really had to be pretty selfish, and and you can't feel guilty about that. You shouldn't feel guilty uh, if you want to be a successful artist, a screenwriter in particular. And the other thing is, you got to have if you want to succeed in something really competitive, you've got to have clear, well focused, laser like sharp, sharply defined goals. I mean, doesn't that make sense? But I'm here to tell you, both of those are nonsense. They'll they'll hold you back. Guilt is your friend. We, if you looked at the newspapers this morning, if you still look at newspapers, if you looked at anything online, Google News, for example. I mean, you know that. My God, look at all that's going on in this world. Don't you think we could use more, more guilt, more people, more people worrying about the bad things that they're that they're doing? I mean, it's just a catalog of uh, of of death and destruction and and disappointment and heartache and grief and rage, isn't it? Oh, yeah, there are some nice things happening too, but uh, you got to turn the pages uh, to get to those. And um, uh, they're far outnumbered by the, uh, by the grim stuff. We need more guilt in this world. And that's a, you want to be a writer, you better feel guilty about not putting in the time, not doing the pages uh, about... Uh, Short shrifting yourself, not give, giving the extra care, uh, uh, taking the time is what it's really, really all about. Um, that's what separates the uh, amateurs from the pros. The professionals really give it the time that it requires, and that time is used re- reviewing. Um, uh, you should you should feel guilty if you if you if you, if you go off uh, half cocked. I said before, the worst thing, uh, the most common mistake writers do is we, we write too much, uh, too many pages, too much description, too much dialogue. Uh, the other thing we do is we show our stuff before it's really ready. 
take your time and that's a, that, that's the the hardest the hardest part of it as far as the goals uh, uh no i think uh, um clear focused goals will, will wreck you i think your best bet is actually to stumble around stupidly and blindly um and and be available to the kinds of things that might happen to somebody uh uh, and when you bang into something uh, um, that 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 you love, grab onto that, hang on to that, and pull that close to you and see what it, it you can make of it, and and even more importantly, see what that can make of uh, of you. I came to California uh, for for just three weeks, I thought, in 1966. Uh, but just on a whim, really, I fell into film school at USC, and my classmates were, uh, you know, with the, and in that era, there was no uh, tradition of moving from film schools into the professional community, um, unless maybe you wanted to be an usher in a <laughs> in a movie theater. Um, and that was all changing. Uh, our group uh, was really the first uh, to establish what is now the case, I believe, quite firmly, which is that, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of film professionals do come f- through the uh, uh, formal film school education, especially in, in the leading film schools like uh, USC, where I was a student all those years ago, um, and certainly across town at UCLA, where I spent over 40 years uh, teaching screenwriting. Wasn't planning to do anything like that, but uh, uh, suddenly decided, gee, it made more sense than going back to Syracuse um, in instructional education program or something like that. Um, And there my classmates would be the first to go on to own Hollywood, except that is to say to make the transition from the academic community into the professional community, uh, uh, we were really the first group, uh, except for George, who, who uh, you know, we were the first to go on to own Hollywood, except for George, who who owns Marin County, I like I like to say. Um, now, I, to be fair, I think that had to do with demographics as well. Uh, the film business at that time still had people left over from the silent era, and audiences uh, had at the same time gotten very, very young. Uh, I remember a former student of mine uh, who became the, the head of Warner Brothers, Mark Canton, uh, talking about a particular movie at one time when he was the head of Warner Brothers and how it would appeal not just to uh, the, the young audiences, 22 years old, but also to older audiences, uh, 27 years old, 27 years old, was considered an older audience. Um, uh, and everybody making movies was old, and and I think they needed to get young people making those those movies for the young people. And, and the old people were were doing what old people do, which is uh, is die off. So I had all these wonderful uh, film school uh, <clears throat> classmates, not just George, but John Milius and Bob Zemeckis and, and cinematographer Dale. Caleb de Chanel and uh, my uh, late friend Basil Polidors, the film scorer, and on and on and on. But my my uh, uh, roommate back east when I was a student and undergraduate in Binghamton, New York, my roommate was Andy Bergman, and I'm still good pals with Andy. Andy lives in New York, and 
I'm in LA, but I'm in New York a lot. Nanny's in LA a lot, and we're we're still good good buddies. Uh, he was the originator of Blazing Saddles, and um, uh, oh, wrote and directed a bunch of great movies, uh, uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, notable uh, among them. I remember going to New York once and um, uh, being there on publishing business. And uh, at the time, Andy was was mixing uh, uh, a movie called The Freshman, a movie about a film student, uh, Matthew Broderick, uh, playing the, uh, uh, the protagonist. And um, uh, I was going to have lunch with Andy, and Andy said, and I, I was meeting with my agent and... Uh, Oh, the wash the uh, Union Square area, uh, and he said, "Whenever you're done with that meeting, come on up. To where we're in the Brill Building. We're doing a mix of uh, the freshmen. Come in, sit in on the mix until one o'clock. We'll go up and we'll have our our, our bite." And so I got there, uh, uh, oh, uh, you know, about twenty minutes before one, and they were they were uh, there's a scene where 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 character enters a. Um, uh, what, what's really the the mafia lair? But there's it's it's kind of like a bakery or a laundry or something kind of benign. And there, there's a tinkling bell, uh, tinkle tinkle. And they were analyzing the bell. Should it should it be a or should it be a ding a ding a ding a ding a? And I remember the care uh, that went into that. I remember Andy finally asking me, "Hey Richie, what what do you?" And I thought it it, it was great there to be a little tinkle because of uh, it was a good contrast to the fact that it was mob headquarters and all of that but the fun of it and the reason i mention it is that that's very uh, unusual that that the writer should be involved with any sound other than the dialogue uh, there's all kinds of sounds in in films but from the point of view of the writer the main sound is uh is dialogue so uh let's have another podcast and talk about uh, issues that uh, uh come into play when writing uh dialogue thanks for listening to get real with richard walter please subscribe uh, on substack and medium do share these episodes with pals on social media and come back and listen to my next podcast please <laughs>